0: Quiet on the set.
1: Guys, welcome to the I Love Seville Show. My name is Jerry Miller. It's good to be with you on a Monday afternoon. We've had a fantastic run of interviews of late. And today, Judah and I are very much looking forward to connecting with you, the viewer and listener, um, as a dynamic duo. Judah Wickhauer, the brains um, and the jack-of-all-trades behind the network, yours truly, behind the microphone of said network. Um, I want to talk aggressive panhandling and chronic homelessness today. I will utilize our influence and our reach here on I Love Seville to continue positioning aggressive panhandling and chronic homelessness in the news cycle. You will see TV start covering this, radio start covering this, and print start covering this as we keep this a consistent topic in the news cycle. Charlottesville City has now hired a city manager, Sam Sanders. He's on the job. Charlottesville City has a talented city manager and a talented police chief, Michael Katchas, on the job. They're making significant progress to a fire chief hiring. I think that will be announced sooner than later, especially since Sam Sanders is now the known and established CEO of our city. Upzoning and rezoning are heading to the finish line. School reconfiguration, Buford, we have clarity, we have allocation budget done for school reconfiguration and we have political momentum for school reconfiguration. I'm gonna ask you this, viewers and listeners of this fine and fair talk show. What would you like Lloyd Snook and Leah Perrier and Brian Pigston and Juan Diego Wade, and Natalie Alsharan, Michael Payne to do now. What is next expected of council? Upzoning and rezoning, not many changes are gonna happen. You talk to the stakeholders and the experts, the Neil Williamson's of the world, they say this is gonna be approved and darn near the capacity we're talking about now by the end of the year. The city manager search is over. Sam Sanders will be paid nearly a quarter million dollars a year in salary and benefits and perks and retirement allocations to run a $200-plus million yearly budget, a city we call Charlottesville. Michael Cotches is locked and loaded, pun intended. The guy's fantastic. He's talented. He's a great leader. He's got a new crop of uh, rookie officers going through police academy training as we speak. We're slowly filling the empty positions within the Charlottesville Police Department. City Hall is making progress with hiring a a fire chief. I would expect that news to be announced soon. You have stability on the dais. Government is now in the background. It is boring. It is not front and center. It is not on the front page of the New York Times, on Fox News. There's no rape allegory poetry circulating around the world we have a stable government yet again now it's up to us viewers and listeners to ask city council we elected them they're on the dais because of our votes city council they answer to us the taxpayers please realize that who's the city manager's boss it's city council Who's the police chief's boss? It's the city manager. Who's the fire chief's boss? It's the city manager. Any employee of city hall, who's their boss? Sam Sanders, the city manager. Who's Sam Sanders' boss? Lloyd Snook, Michael Payne, Brian Pinkston, Leah Perrier, Natalie Alshrin, Michael Payne. Who is city council's boss? Who is Lloyd Snook's boss? Who is Michael Payne's boss? Who's Brian Pinkston's boss? Who's Juan Diego Wade's boss? Who's Natalie Austrin's boss? You know who that answer is? Me and you. The folks that pay taxes to the city, the folks that voted these folks into office, we're their bosses. We are their bosses. And we determine through public outcry, through a galvanized populace asking council to do one or two things, the direction council will go with their efforts. I understand we have a large following here. I think we need to galvanize, organize, and strategize this following together. And pepper, hammer, persistent as a woodpecker, our contact messages to council when it comes to chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling around Charlottesville. I asked about chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling. All over the I Love Seville network. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, threads, LinkedIn, DM, text message, email on iloveseville.com. You name it, we put it there. Here's some of the responses we got. I'm going to read many of them verbatim from the post that I did on Saturday evening to the post that I did last night. You can find them on my personal Facebook page if you are looking. One of them in particular jumps out to me and it was the post that was done by the team at Tonic. Tonic is in the old location of the Tin Whistle Irish Pub. Also at Tonic was, what was the name of that place? Cafe Bachi was at that location at one time. Uh, Carlton's was at the location at one time Tonic is literally across from the police station the owners of Tonic are the owners of Tillman's on the downtown mall they have two restaurants downtown one on Market Street across from the police station and one literally on the downtown mall, I know the owners this is what Tonic said three days ago on our Instagram account, ladies and gentlemen you need to hear this I'll read it verbatim. I wrote this on Instagram first. Charlottesville Virginia City Council should approve a no panhandling and or a zero tolerance for panhandling policy for the downtown mall. This will make the mall safer for all of us and it will also empower the Charlottesville Police Department with legitimate solutions to manage aggressive and toxic folks who are negatively impacting quality of life in downtown Charlottesville. Right now, panhandling is a form of free speech, so the CPD is handcuffed on what it can do with our aggressive panhandling, panhandling population. If Charlottesville City Council approves this panhandling policy, this organization, the organizations that would like to fundraise on the downtown mall, the Salvation Army, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the musicians, the artists, can seek approval to raise money in person through a special use permit from City Hall. Please ask small business owners on and around the downtown mall. A large majority will be straightforward with you. The mall has reached a panhandling tipping point. Unfortunately, a zero-tolerance panhandling policy is our only option. Since I wrote that message three days ago on the I Love Seville Network, I have been contacted by dozens of businesses around Charlottesville City, literally dozens of them. I'm going to read what, Tonic across from the police station, wrote three days ago on our Instagram account, get ready for this. Tonic said, amen, Jerry Miller. Our teams at Tonic and at Tillman's have been shouted at, threatened physically and verbally. They have been pushed. They have been masturbated at. That is gross but true. Chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandlers have literally masturbated in the direction of Tonic's wait staff and back of the house staff and masturbated in the direction of Tillman's staff. Did you hear what I said? I will continue from this comment. Tonic writes, I have been threatened in my restaurant with a broken bottle twice. Did you hear that, Judah? chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling, a broken bottle entering the restaurant of either Tonic or Tillman's, and on two different occasions, threatening the owner of the restaurant in front of their customers. I will continue, and I'm reading verbatim. A man with no pants was allowed to roll around on the pavement urinating on himself and other people for one to two hours. I have to routinely clean up pee, poop, throw up, and garbage. Anything not nailed down is eventually stolen. I've been told numerous times by the police, there is nothing we can do. As my grandfather used to say, I've had enough. That's the owner of Tonic and Tillmans. I can continue if you like with customers, with residents, with locals, with business owners literally relaying to me similar messages of aggressive panhandling and chronic homelessness causing a quality of life issue in downtown Charlottesville that is impacting foot traffic, that is impacting the success rate of businesses downtown. I want you to consider this. Red Pump Kitchen is now closed permanently. The space is now for rent at 8,600 per month. The restaurant equipment is legitimately for sale. It's a 5,600 square foot end cap restaurant space with fantastic seating on the downtown mall. Flora closed, that's been well documented. Hunter Smith's financial negligence tied to that closure. Brasserie Cezanne closed. Red Pump Kitchen closed. The old, um, what's the pizza place we always go to that's fantastic? Is it Vita Nova? Yeah. Vita Nova. Vita Nova spot across the mall in that glass building. Vita Nova used to be located down the stairs. That restaurant has not been filled. In fact, that glass building on the downtown mall where Vita Nova used to be located is currently for sale right now, and the asking price is below assessment, and there is no one showing interest in purchasing this, purchasing this space. You have banks, storefronts that are for rent. Joe Geek, who I purchased this studio from, this storefront from, the old UVA reti- uh, retired trainer, he's got a space on the downtown mall next to Lynn Goldman that he cannot rent walk downtown on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and you will notice substantially less foot traffic than before COVID. Now, there are other factors that are impacting the ecosystem of downtown Charlottesville. For example, Dairy Market was not open until recently. Right at the start of COVID, Dairy Market opened. And anyone who reads the tea leaves correctly has got to realize that Dairy Market that has a plethora of food vendors. It's got parking right next door. It's air conditioned, so it's protected by inclement weather like summer and heat and rain. And the food vendors that are at Dairy Market because they're paying a little, they're paying less rent than those on the downtown mall are able to offer a price point with their menu items that is at a lower price than those in downtown Charlottesville. Furthermore, Dairy Market a group of people, a family, a bunch of people can sit at one table and all those people can go to 15, 16 different food vendors and get whatever they want. And it's hard to do something like that in downtown Charlottesville. You're not going to get the dining diversity or the price point affordability or the protection from inclement weather on the downtown mall as you will dairy market. Why I'm highlighting dairy market is it's Undoubtedly, I can say this with confidence and conviction, Dairy Market is a direct competitor to downtown Charlottesville. I say that with confidence and conviction. As John Blair has highlighted for me, and when John Blair puts something on my radar, I listen closely. He said, Jerry, the town of Stanton, downtown Stanton, is busy on a Friday, Saturday night, and it's less than 45 minutes away from Charlottesville. Short Pump is busy on Friday, Saturday, Thursday night, and it's less than 45 minutes from Charlottesville. John brings this up because he realizes, like all of us, not only is downtown Charlottesville competing against Dairy Market, not only is downtown Charlottesville competing against Uber Eats and Grubhub, food delivered to your house where you can watch on the comfort of your couch while streaming your favorite show in your pajamas, but downtown Charlottesville is competing against downtown Stanton, Short Pump, hell throw Waynesboro in the mix. John was also very quick to highlight downtown Stanton and Short Pump do not have aggressive panhandling and chronic homelessness. Short Pump is private property. Short Pump literally can take a panhandler or someone that is sleeping on its property and say, get the hell out of here right now, you're on private property. And they can hire private security to do this. That's why you don't see chronic homelessness and panhandling in Stonefield or in Barracks Road Shopping Center. It's private property. The downtown mall, on the other hand, is a public park. Literally, by definition, it's a public park. And I've had a deputy city attorney, I'm not gonna say who it is, because I don't want to blow up his spot. Might be watching right now. I see he's active. He and I had a correspondence about this over the weekend. And he said, Jerry, the thing you got to realize is that we're talking about the homeless problem on the mall, but legally, our hands are tied. Think about it. Homeless people, by definition, don't have private property and could be ejected from someone else's private property, so they almost by default end up on public property. On top of that, recent court decisions have struck down ordinances which are perceived to criminalize homelessness. Also, panhandling has been upheld as protected speech under the First First Amendment. I think the city had an ordinance that was struck down, although I'd have to look into it. Jeffrey Fogel helped strike down that as unconstitutional. The attorney, Jeffrey Fogel, who watches this show, he says, there can be a time, place, and manner restriction on speech, but a blanket ban on the mall would be difficult to defend and guess whose job it would be to defend it? So here's what I want to do. I want to crowdsource solutions. I want to crowdsource solutions with you, the viewer and listener, with the stakeholders that come on this show. Donna Price, Board of Supervisors, chairwoman's coming on this program. You have, let me make sure I get her name, name right. Hold on one second. Natalie Massery, the new CEO and president of the Chamber of Commerce, is coming on the program in August. We got counselors and supervisors lined up. Here's the question What ideas do you and I have, viewers and listeners, that we can pass along to these stakeholders, these policymakers, and these decision makers? That's the question I have for you. If we can't do a blanket ban on panhandling in downtown Charlottesville, what other options can we do? Waynesboro has signs all over its city limits that encourage citizens not to donate to those who are panhandling. Whether we want to admit this or not, frank conversations can be had with city council about incentivizing the Haven to move to a different location than downtown Charlottesville. I love what the Haven does. Marquise Johnson is watching the program right now. He's a board member at the Haven. Marquise and I had a conversation outside the studio last week Marquise, you're able to come on the program anytime you want. You're 100% invited to come on the program anytime you want. But having the Haven at 112 West Market Street, literally on the the 2nd Street, Market Street, cross-section, is that the best idea? Sincere question. We have a shelter that is offering respite and a hand up. Not a hand out, but a hand up. I don't want anyone watching this program to think that I'm throwing shade on the Haven. I am not throwing shade on the Haven. And no one better manipulate the context of what I'm trying to say. The Haven is fantastic. They offer a hand up, not a handout. They offer a shelter for folks to stay. Breakfast, showers, laundry, computers, phones, storage bins, mail, available every morning. Okay? They are an epicenter for the homeless and for panhandlers in Charlottesville. But this is a real question that we need to ask. Should the shelters and the soup kitchens that provide food three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and a cot to sleep in or sleep on in air condition or heat should those shelters and soup kitchens be positioned literally next to the downtown mall now every keyboard warrior that's in socialist charlottesville is going to have beef with what i just said 42 of you guys all 47 of you guys that are on Twitter, that is now X. Did you notice Elon Musk has rebranded your platform? It's now X. It's not Twitter anymore. All 47 of you are going to have beef with me. And that's okay. Positioning a shelter that's an epicenter for the homeless and an epicenter for aggressive panhandlers within 200 yards of the downtown mall does not seem to be working correctly. Anyone have an issue with that? You provide three meals a day, folks are gonna chill where the free food is given, And they're gonna chill downtown. You wanna solve chronic homelessness and you want to come out with a solution for the mental health crisis that is obviously evident in Charlottesville, how about you start allocating tax revenue to solving homelessness and the mental crisis crisis debacle we have on our hands? And one way you can do that is by earmarking tax revenue that comes from downtown, tax revenue that comes from the corner, areas that are being impacted by chronic homelessness, mental health and aggressive panhandling and say i'm going to clean up the uva corner i am going to clean up the downtown mall i'm going to clean up the medians on streets around Charlottesville. i'm going to prevent aggressive panhandling chronic homelessness and this mental health issue from being persistent in these locations and once we as city council clean up the downtown mall the UVA corner, midtown Charlottesville, and we keep aggressive panhandlers and chronic homelessness from masturbating in front of our staff as the owner of Tonic has said is happening, what should happen, the cause and effect of that cleanup, tourists and students and locals return to these shopping and dining and entertainment districts at a greater clip and frequency. And then what we can do city manager, Sam Sanders, and city council, is we could take the incremental tax revenue, we're at a baseline of now, which is not very good, 2023's baseline, and we can say in two years, look at how that baseline is improved from a sales, a a, a revenue standpoint, a taxing standpoint, and we can allocate a percentage of that tax increase to chronic homelessness, mental health, and aggressive pain handling. You know what that's called? That's called, it's just called common sense. It's called common sense. What are the the primary shopping districts in the city of Charlottesville? What are the primary shopping districts? Barracks Road Shopping Center. Barracks Road doesn't have a chronic homelessness or an aggressive panhandling issue because it's private property and they have their own security system that takes people off the grounds of Barracks Road. Interestingly, my wife was at Wegmans Fifth Street Station this morning, and I got a phone call from her. Sweetheart, are you watching right now? Let me check. Ah, she is. Fantastic. And she was coming out of Wegmans Shopping Center with our five-year-old son and our eight-month-old son, groceries in a full cart, trying to manage two kids and a whole shopping cart of groceries, and an aggressive panhandler literally pursued her And said, can you give me some money? And she says, no, please stop respectfully. I don't have anything to give today. I'm just trying to get my kids in their car seats and the groceries in the back of our car. And then he started cussing her out in her face. You hear that, Judah? Yeah. Cussing her out in her face in front of our two boys, one of them five months old and one of them eight months old. And Fifth Street Station is private property. The Wegmans' aggressive panhandling is a reoccurring problem. How many viewers and listeners watching this program has seen or experienced aggressive panhandling at Wegmans? I bet you hundreds of you have. Hundreds. Take the shopping districts in Charlottesville City alone. Barracks Road is number one, and it's not even close. After Barracks Road, you're probably looking the downtown mall in the two slot, and in the three slot, let's say the UVA corner, in the four slot, let's say. West Maine. So of the four top shopping, dining, and entertainment districts in the city, hell, we'll put Dairy Market in there in the five slot. Dairy Market's driving tax revenue as well. Of the five top shopping, dining, and entertainment districts in the city, two of them are not experiencing chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling, and that's because they're both privately owned. It's Barracks Road and Dairy Market. The three that are experiencing it downtown mall, a public park, west main quarter, midtown, public, and the UVA corner public are all undoubtedly negatively impacted by these trends. Undoubtedly. So I'll use a phrase like this and this is going to and then I'll get to your comments. Put your comments in the feed. Relay it live I'll relay, I'm live on air. Vanessa Parkhill, I'll get to your comment. Deep Throat, I'm going to get to your comment. Albert Graves, I'll get to your comment. Juan Sarmiento, I'll get to your comment. Chad Wood, I'll get to your comment. This is what I'm saying in conclusion, before I get to your thoughts. City Council has got a city manager hired and Sam Sanders. The dude is a bona fide rock star. City Council has got a police chief hired and Michael Cottius. He's a bona fide rock star. Michael Cottius joined us on the show within the last week. He straight up said on the program, there's nothing we can do with aggressive panhandling and with chronic homelessness around Charlottesville. It's up to City Council to enact its its own policy and ordinance. Michael Cottius' exact words. The fire chief is about to be hired in Charlottesville City. Upzoning and rezoning are nearing the finish line and will be a topic that we no longer talk about in Charlottesville City for a long time. School reconfiguration, Buford, that topic is behind us. What is left for council? We are the bosses of city council. We vote for them and they're spending our taxpayer money in this $200 million yearly budget every year. We tell council what to do. We vote for them. You email Brian Pinkston, Lloyd Snook, Michael Payne, Leah Perrier, Natalie Auschran. They listen to us. That's their job. That is their job. What is left for council to accomplish now? What should be the number one priority for council now? How many people recognize the downtown mall and its form today versus what the downtown mall was 20 years ago? I first arrived in this city 23 years ago. I don't even recognize downtown now. I got shop owners literally direct messaging me messages saying their staff does not feel safe. That their staff is literally having aggressive panhandlers and chronic homeless folks threaten physically and verbally, push them, masturbate at them, enter their restaurant with a broken bottle as a weapon, Judah roll around in their feces and urine for one or two hours. And if it's not nailed down around the restaurant, it gets stolen. Who's been to the visitor center by the pavilion? You've been to the visitor center by the pavilion at night? It's a shantytown. It's a shantytown. Who's been to the storefronts on the downtown mall early in the morning? All the storefronts that have covered doorways have folks sleeping inside them, all of them. You clean it up, and you use the incremental tax revenue to find a solution. Downtown Stanton doesn't have this problem, Waynesboro has cleaned it up, what's Charlottesville doing? And this pertains to Albemarle County too. It pertains to Almore County, too. All right. Marquise Johnson. He's a board member at the Haven. I don't think I'm crowdsourcing hate, Mr. Johnson. I don't feel like I'm throwing shade at the homeless either, Mr. Johnson. You know I have respect for you, Mr. Johnson. Okay. I am trying to be fair. I would like the incremental tax revenue that comes from these cleaned-up areas, the UVA Corner, Midtown, and the Downtown Mall, a portion of that incremental revenue to be allocated to potentially a new home for the haven. I don't think the experiment of having the soup kitchens and the food and the shelters for the chronic homeless and the panhandlers around the downtown mall is succeeding any longer. Having an epicenter for folks to get their mail, their breakfast, lunch, and dinner, have a free place to stay in air condition and in heat, have a bed, have phones, have computers, have charging stations and laundry mats within 200 yards of the downtown mall is not working anymore. We can, as a community, figure out a better spot for these epicenters that give a hand up instead of a hand out. That's what we need to do. And Mr. And Marquis, I am 100% happy, willing to get you on the program. I've sent you many invitations about that, sir. You're a board member there. Vanessa Parkhill, I'll get to your comments. She says, do we need a panhandling ordinance to solve many of the problems you described? Being threatened with a broken bottle is assault. Assault, threat of a bodily harm coupled with apparent present ability to cause the harm. She's basically saying this is a reason for the police to get involved, and she's exactly right. Here's the problem we have. The police doesn't have a beat officer on the downtown mall because it's short-staffed. Because the police department is so short-staffed, they're prioritizing their response to certain crimes. And the police department has done a hell of a job so far with the limited resources it has. But policing, panhandling, aggressive panhandling, and the issues that come with the chronic homelessness downtown is not high on the priority list. Furthermore, the police chief, who I have tremendous respect for, said on this program... We have very little that we can do with the current policy and ordinance that we have from council. It's free speech. They basically can do whatever they want. Vanessa Parkhill also said that her daughter was approached inside Wegmans by an aggressive panhandler and she highlights there's a worn trail that goes up into the woods at the end of the parking lot in front of Wegmans. Some of the folks approaching people in the parking lot seem to retire to that spot. I've seen that trail as well. That trail connects to downtown Charlottesville It's part of the Rivanna trail network. Um, Let's get to Bill McChesney. He says, give us a rebate from the upcoming surplus or reduce the property tax rates. I don't see that happening, unfortunately, Bill. Chad Wood says we would have to define aggressive. Too many loopholes there to uphold any law. He also finds the behavior disgusting. Juan Sarmiento says an anti-panhandling ordinance, but charities like Salvation Army have to apply for permits in order to collect money on the mall. That's what I see. Why can we not do that? Council, educate the populace on why we can say apply for a permit to panhandle downtown just like a peddler's license where you, you, you need a license, a valid form of ID. You have to fill out paperwork during normal business hours. You have to follow procedure to get your peddler's license, to, tell, to sell t-shirts on the mall, to sell glass on the mall, to sell hookahs on the mall, hats, whatever the hell you want to sell. Why can't panhandling be a peddler's license? Albert Graves. It's kind of hard to bang on the soup kitchen since most are held by churches that have been in the downtown area for years, but a place like the Haven, who had to be permitted by the city to open there, should have been put on the down. should not have been put on the downtown mall. And he says, by the way, this comment was flagged for abuse on Twitter. I... I- I'm happy to host the Haven on the program. Is the Haven Marquise Johnson, will you get your executive director? Here's our people. I'm going to the our people's page on the Haven website. Ange Khan, she speaks before city council all the time. She's the interim housing program director. Where's the the executive director? Executive Director is Anna Mendez. Anna Mendez, please come on the show. You're the Executive Director of The Haven. Owen Brennan is the Operations Director. Sarah M- Manes is the Human Relations Resources Manager. Okay, literally I'm seeing who is on the program. I would love to offer an opportunity for The Haven to speak on the show. And this is not an indictment on the haven. This is more a solutions-oriented talk show today that is looking for a plan to alleviate what is undoubtedly suffering quality of life for merchants and locals and tourists and students alike in downtown Charlottesville, midtown Charlottesville, and on the UVA corner. I was on the UVA corner driving from on Sunday with my son by the corner to our house. I took the long way, and when looking out the window on that bench by the UVA corner, right outside the white spot, across the road from Boylan Heights, I saw four or five folks set up on the bench, like set up, like sitting on the bench, and there was a large uh, Sprite two-liter bottle and they each had a plastic cup in the large Sprite 2-liter bottle. I'm not even sure what was in it. it. was being passed to each of them, and they were all drinking out from the cup in their respective hands. Right out in the public. Brandon Lloyd, who watches this program, said he straight-up saw folks doing, uh, doing blow, hitting the slopes, doing a little uh, yickety yak. A little, a little Coke, a little fine china, a little white powder in the open on the downtown mall. Behind our building on Market Street, there's an alley. And that alleyway is uh, the passage between our building, the grocery store here, the Market Street Market, and the storefronts on the downtown mall. You got draft tap room, you got the Nook, you got botanical, and a couple others. Lynn Goldman is directly behind us as well. In that alley behind our building, I have seen dozens of used syringes. In the alley behind our building, in the alley behind the Nook and botanical draft tap room. Literally dozens of used syringes. Albert Graves, I completely agree with you. Threatening with a broken bottle, there should be some sort of law that prohibits this kind of behavior. And some sicko whacking off in public should definitely be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Wow, wow, wow. The owner of Tillman's and Tonic for her to message that to us in a very public setting means it's crescendoed past the point of no return. Courtney is as bona fide as a businesswoman as I've seen. Do you want to offer anything here, Judah? Weave we'll leave you in on a two-shot. You Got your mic on. Yep. All right. You got a uh, any perspective you want to share here?
0: I mean, obviously the <clears throat> the biggest the biggest problem is having the the haven as close as it is, and uh, I think the most effective the, the most effective thing to do would be to uh, find a way to get them to uh, to take it somewhere else. I don't really see any other way that you're going to get around this.
1: It seems like low-hanging fruit for certain. Um, John Blair shares some comments. One potential solution, Jerry, is to ask the local General Assembly to amend state law. Did you know that police cannot arrest for most misdemeanors if they are not committed in the presence of the officer? I did not know that. This is why the broken bottle did not probably lead to an arrest or the masturbation in front of the Tillmans and Tonic staff did not lead to an arrest. This again from John Blair, who's an attorney, and the acting deputy city manager of Stanton. He says, one potential solution is to ask the local General Assembly to amend state law. Did you know that police cannot arrest for most misdemeanors if they are not committed in the presence of an officer? He said, again, the General Assembly can amend this law. And he says, here's the code section. The state could amend the law to give officers the ability to arrest for misdemeanors not committed in their presence. Great stuff right there from John Blair. If he leaves a comment, I listen and I read it closely. Now, here's the issue that people are going to have with what I said about it's time to potentially relocate the Haven from downtown Charlottesville. I'm trying to think a couple steps ahead, then we'll get to your comment, Deep Throat, on Twitter. Ginny who will get to your comment as well. Hold on one second. I will mention this live on air. I am not in favor of compartmentalizing aggressive panhandling and chronic homelessness to a tiny pocket of Charlottesville or Albemarle County. I am not in favor of compartmentalizing chronic homelessness or aggressive panhandling and jettisoning it outside of the city or outside of Albemarle County to somewhere else in central Virginia that has very little population. That's not what I'm saying. Do not take what I'm saying out of context. All I'm saying is the position of the epicenter for chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling, which is the soup kitchens and the shelters around downtown Charlottesville. This strategy is not working anymore. And I've been told the way to solve chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling is through a multi-prong attack. And that multi-prong attack is create more housing, improve the mental health. Um, services and outreach that's available and, frankly, continue with the hand-ups and not the hand-outs. The hand-ups, the mental servicing, mental health crisis and the servicing that goes with it and the creation of housing or affordable apartments, it's not working right now. And the downtown mall is suffering. Red Pump Kitchen now for rent 8600 per month. The restaurant equipment is for sale as well. I want you to walk from the Omni Hotel to the pavilion over the next month. And I want you to count the empty storefronts or the buildings that are for sale. Legitimately, the glass building that Vita Nova used to be housed in, it used to be Henry's Restaurant in that location as well, is for sale right now. Collier's has the listing. The asking price for this building is below the assessment of the building, and assessments are often undervalued or undermarked KPIs. At any other time of my 23 years in this market, that building would have sold before the sign went on the wall or on the glass or the door. In this circumstance, it has not. I will continue to make this a priority on the show. Deep Throat on Twitter says this. Jerry, on panhandling, you are doing a mitzvah for Seville. What's a mitzvah?
0: It's uh, a Yiddish word. A beneficial thing. So what? Something that's beneficial.
1: Okay, thank you. Judah's my uh, Yiddish interpreter. Thank you. On Panhandling, Jerry, you are doing a mitzvah for Seaville and pushing this issue. Even if the socialist Twitter jockeys will try to make you out as a monster, they cannot resist the dopamine hit of online self-righteousness. The Twitter account Dylan's Rule makes a great point about short pump. Same goes for Stonefield and Dairy Market. I'm not surprised that Dairy Market always seems more crowded than the downtown mall. It is a general trend of... Nornies having to abandon public spaces and to retreat into private spaces. No control of mentally ill homeless. We, have the, we, ha, we leave the downtown mall and head behind dairy markets' private and safe doors. End meaningful zoning. People retreat to HOAs. That's exactly what's happening. Upzoning and rezoning is happening in the city of Charlottesville, and now HOA neighborhoods are more valuable than ever. There's one house for sale in my neighborhood. One out of 850 units deep throat continues the socialists are going to wonder why we have to quote jk galbraith saying that last name right sounds about right private opulence and public squalor it's because they make public spaces squalid with their dumb policies He also says, you know if the issue is mentally ill, people threatening restaurateurs with broken bottles. We don't even need to start with banning panhandling. We need to have the police respond to these violent incidents, and we need to have Joe Plantania, the Commonwealth's attorney, prosecute them. If they are incompetent to be tried, then they need to be put into inpatient side care. Yes, expensive, but cheaper than having our downtown wrecked right now. Ginny Hu on Twitter says this, Panhandling may be protected, but urinating, defecating, and masturbating in public are not. If those actions take place in front of a minor, and another law is broken. Charges can be added per minor present. She also says, I shop in Wegmans weekly, and I've never had the problem of aggressive panhandling. I'm, I'm, you're fortunate with that, Ginny. And I appreciate your comments, Ginny Who? Thank you for sharing and watching the show and retweeting the show. The reason I bring the Wegmans piece into the mix is because that's Elmoro County. And it happened to my wife today with our our five-year-old and our eight-month-old present. Having someone approach you aggressively and demanding money when your children, especially a child as young as eight months old, is a very vulnerable feeling. It's a a feeling of... um, a feeling of fear a feeling of vulnerability, a feeling of, am I able to protect my bear cubs? And when you start having those feelings, you feel tiny and small and exposed and vulnerable and targeted. Imagine if your 16 or 17-year-old daughter, your 18, your 19-year-old son, was a host or waiter at one of the restaurants on the downtown mall, and his job was to serve customers, but his job was interfered upon by someone coming into the restaurant with a broken bottle, threatening people, and or a person masturbating in, pre- in public into their direction, and or your 16, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old, 21-year-old son or daughter who's a waiter, their job responsibilities are now cleaning up vomit, urine, feces, and other human excrement when they start their shift. Think about that, Mm Juna. Why don't we go to a two shot? Are one of the challenges that merchants, restaurants on the UVA corner and in Midtown and on the Downtown Mall have, they're challenged with filling labor openings, right? There's a labor shortage. This is basically the selling point. Please come work for us. You'll get to wait tables on people that can be very rude when they're hungry. You'll be tipped in the neighborhood. You'll be paid a base pay of two thirteen dollars an hour, or whatever the hourly wage is. You hope to make up the difference through tip money. And on top of that, Your shifts may start with you having to clean up feces and urine and vomit and sexual excrement from outside the location. You may get the occasional individual coming in and threatening you with a broken bottle. And please shield your eyes if someone is masturbating in your direction. But you get to work downtown. And it's a fun place to work. Is that the pitch? It is a fun place to work. Is that the pitch, though? How how many folks want to do the feces, urine, and vomit cleanup or see a sexual... I've said this story a number of times. Right outside the I Love Seville storefront, I was working here late one night this courtyard, before we lit it up and put cameras everywhere, now we can track everything that's happening here. Cameras, lit, we could track everything that's happening here. Before that was the case, I was trying to get a contract out. 11 o'clock at night, I walk out this door and in the corner right next to the space, the storefront next to ours, you've heard the story, right? I believe I have. And the storefront right next to ours, I saw two people a man and woman that were clearly houseless individuals and the female was given the man what can i say here to be within family within pg-13 here
0: so whatever you say someone's gonna have to do some explaining to the female
1: was giving the man everyone
0: gets the impression though
1: okay everyone gets the impression yeah i would guess okay like, literally on Market Street, half a block from the, park, the police station. She was on her knees. I'll leave it at that. Right there. And I walked out and I said, what the hell are you doing? You cannot do this here. This courtyard is private property. She stopped what she was doing, still on her knees, looked over her shoulder and looked back at me. He looked at me, and I said, what are you doing? And she went back to it. Right there, where you and Liza take a break. But we're going to get bombarded as, we're going to get hammered here as the bad guys for looking for a solution to manage this problem. You realize that, right? Right? The 42 people that make up Socialist Charlottesville will hammer us as the bad guys. Linnell on Twitter. Linnell, is your last name Edelianu? Edelianu? N U? E-D-E-L-E-A-N-U? I have a hard time pronouncing it, I'm sorry. She says, an opportunity for UVA-sponsored mental health and rehab center, perhaps... Substance abuse counseling is one of the most in-demand careers. Could mean more jobs and training opportunities. Great tweet. Ginny Hu says, in decent exposure, she shares the code number. Every person who intentionally makes an obscene display or exposure of his person or the private parts thereof in any public space or in any place where others are present or procures another to expose himself shall be guilty of a class one. She also says, I don't have to imagine it. You are describing stuff my eldest daughter, my eldest saw regularly while working at the 5th Street Starbucks. The Rivanna Trail also comes out right there. Right, right. And what's, she's exactly right. Vanessa Parkhill points this out as well. The trail system with 5th Street Station, that trail system goes all over Charlottesville Albemarle County. And that trail system is often utilized by houseless folks to get to and from certain locations efficiently. That's why Fifth Street Station has become kind of an epicenter for aggressive panhandling and why we're seeing it outside the Wegmans. Furthermore, think about it. Panhandling outside of a Wegmans makes a lot of sense. People are coming out after buying hundreds of dollars of groceries. So you could potentially get groceries with your panhandling efforts. You know they have money. They just spent a couple hundred, three hundred dollars on groceries. And they're shopping at a place like Wegmans that ain't cheap. It's not cheap to shop there. Great place to do aggressive panhandling. Oh. Oh. Deep throat in New York in New York City, that sort of not sure you are being mugged, mugging of aggressive asking for money, we used to call that yoking. Enough of yoking and you get Bernie Godez shooting kids who approach him and ask for money. The end point of loss of public order is vigilantism. Vigilantism. We don't want that. Amen, brother. Hit up the counselors. We're their bosses. Email them. DM them. Facebook message them. DM them. Oh. Thank you, Bob Yarborough. I'm going to check out what you just dm me. I will send that in a matter of moments. And yes, I'm following the no Wawa at 5th Street Station news as well. I got uh, some phone calls out on this topic. Kevin Yancey says, also on the 5th Street area, now that Wawa has backed out of the Hardy site, that area will become a magnet with its proximity to the shopping area and wooded sight wooded lines from most of the public. I'm also hearing this, Kevin, but I want to confirm it. The Wawa backing out of the Hardy's location on 5th Street. I always thought it was a weird place for a Wawa, considering there was a Tiger Fuel literally next door to it, and a gas station across the street from it, and that epicenter or that corridor has turned into a traffic nightmare. Marquise Johnson, please, anyone from the haven, you, anyone from the haven, please, Marquise Johnson. You know we will treat them fairly. The haven needs to the haven needs to start speaking about this because if it doesn't, it's going to get stigmatized. And I'm not trying to stigmatize the haven. Let's figure out a solution for this epicenter of homelessness and panhandling. Something that's potentially win-win for everyone. Oh, All right, two other topics I want to get to. Um, If you see any other comments that should be on the show, please mention them on air or give me a heads up. Please, sir. I've let you know that Red Pump Kitchen's for sale. The rent per month is 8,600 per month, and the equipment is for sale as well. This is pretty big news. Eddie Kay of Four Corners has the listing. Red Pump Kitchen, Charlottesville owners, that's Lynn Easton or Dean Porter Anders and Lynn Easton are the uh, or were the owners of Red Pump Kitchen. The fact that Dean Andrews and Lynn Easton closed this restaurant down is a really, really big deal. I want you to take Easton Porter Group, which I'm doing, and Google it. E-A-S-T-O-N Porter, P-O-R-T-E-R Group. Easton Porter Group. When you put Easton Porter Group into Twitter, you'll get a website called, or just go to the website, EastonPorter.com. EastonPorter.com. When you go to EastonPorter.com, I would encourage you to check, click the button above the fold that's called View Collection. These are the owners of Pippin Hill Farm and Vineyards. These are the owners of hotels and restaurants and vineyards and and wedding venues. Wow, they still have Red Pump Kitchen on their website. I'm sure that'll come down after this show. Um, Dean Andrews. And Lynn Easton, you need to remove Red Pump Kitchen from your website that says collections. So you legitimately have this power couple. Is the power couple, Olivia Branch, are you watching the show, Olivia? Olivia, you're watching here. Could you send me a DM or a message about this, Olivia? You know about hospitality inside and out. Isn't this power couple from South Carolina? Isn't that their headquarters, South Carolina? I mean, they got—they own hotels, this power couple. Pippin Hill is a quarter million dollars to host your venue, your wedding there. Quarter million dollars. Our newest addition to city council, Natalie Osheran, is the weddings and events manager at Pippin Hill. She's literally the wedding and event manager at Pippin Hill. That is the toniest of Tony spot to have your wedding or your event in central Virginia. Lynn Easton and Dean Andrews have pretty much said, peace out downtown Charlottesville. It's not because they lack the money. They don't lack the money. They're very well capitalized. Very well capitalized. The reason they're saying peace out to downtown Charlottesville is because of the conditions. Hear me out. The conditions. People that make their living on food and beverage and hospitality and hotels and weddings and events. Peace and out. Some, deal, some, some insight into the deal flow with the CFA sale. We broke that news. That news then made its way in the daily progress. And then on NBC 29, um, a very DL LLC called Low High LLC purchased 915 East High Street, the old Martha Jefferson Hospital. Home to the CFA Institute for $21,900,000. $21,900,000. CFA is doing a lease back. After selling their, their ownership in this building, they have agreed to lease back a portion of it to the tune of 47,000 square feet. LoHi LLC is going to open the Lohigh co working business in this, in this space with the remaining square feet. It's going to be executive office space. No one knows executive office space better than me. I have 24 of them, literally, in a co-working business where they're going to have desk set up like a WeWork type deal. CFA took a serious bath on this deal. I'm going to share a link on, my, on the comment section of my Facebook page I just did. I'll share the link in the comments section of the I Love Seville Facebook page and on the I Love Seville Group Facebook page. I just shared it on all three. I'm also going to share this link in the comments section of my LinkedIn page. I just did. And I'm going to put this link on the Twitter thread of this show. I guess I shouldn't say Twitter anymore. Did you notice it's now X when you go on Twitter? Yeah. He's, he's done away with the Twitter brand. It's now X as he tries to build a super app, Elon Musk, right? He's looking to build a super app that is eventually going to be a finance and or payment systems app where you can make payments on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sharing this on Twitter, FYI. I just shared it on this Twitter stream. CFA put after buying the building from Martha Jefferson they did a 25 million plus dollar renovation converting the building from a hospital to office space in 2013 10 years ago CFA buys a building from downtown from Martha Jefferson pays the money to acquire it and then pumps 25 mil plus into it, plus any debt service, any carrying costs, CFA legitimately is on the hook over $40 million on this building. $40 million. CFA sells this building to Low High LLC. I'll get you some nitty gritty on this LLC and the players behind it for not even 22 million dollars. That shows you the financial predicament that CFA is in. That shows you the headwinds that office space is currently experiencing, especially class A office space like this building. The Chartered Financial Analyst designation used to be a coveted designation. It is not so much anymore. The Internet and social media have democratized financial knowledge. Now you can get as much financial information on Twitter and on Reddit. You're going to have to decipher certain things and and figure out who the honest players are and who the players want you to be the, the guy carrying the bag when the deal is all said and done. But there's an opportunity for you to vet and decipher sources of knowledge on Twitter and Reddit in particular. I'll even throw LinkedIn there where you can get financial information at the same clip and robust nature as some MBAs are getting in $250,000 tuition structures at top schools in our country. The internet has democratized so much, business, YouTube is like a college or university if you're willing to put the time into it. If you put the time into scouring videos on YouTube, you can learn literally anything. So there's less people inclined to get this CFA designation, Chartered Financial Analysts. And as less people are willing to get a CFA, this Entity headquartered in Charlottesville, among other places. I mean, good lord, guys. Let's go to the CFA website. I'm going to the CFA website. Let's see where their other headquarters are. Bob Yarborough put this on the feed. About. See if you can find CFA's headquarters for me, J. I'm pretty sure they got London and Tokyo. I'm going to the contact us, literally as we speak. See if you can find it and let us know. Jump in anytime you want, Bob Yarborough. If you have that information, let me know too.
0: I've got several offices. Yeah,
1: I would like to know where those offices are located. That would be fantastic. Are you on a two shot? we uh, will be soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Judah. I would love to know where those offices are.
0: All right. Um, which ones do you want first? We've got Americas, Asia Pacific.
1: Okay, Americas, I got it two. You've got Charlottesville, New York, New York City, Madison Avenue, Washington, D.C. In Asia, Asia Pacific, they have Beijing, Hong Kong, and Mumbai. In Europe, the Middle East, and Africa, they have an office in Brussels, and in London, and Abu Dhabi. So Charlottesville's headquarters is synonymous with Manhattan, with Washington, D.C., Beijing, Hong Kong, Mumbai, Brussels, London, and Abu Dhabi. Think about that. The Daily Progress, after hearing that we reported about this sale... Reynolds Hutchinson, the fantastic editor for the newspaper, sent a reporter over to the CFA Institute. I don't know if you subscribe to the Daily Progress. I do. It's $50 a month for the online subscription. I see why you may not. The reporter that went over to the CFA building on High Street said it was obvious that very few people enter this building, that dust was collecting on computer screens, and that cubicles were not touched in months. The reporter then interviewed one random person that was at the CFA Institute. The CFA Institute um, individual asked for anonymity and he told the Daily Progress reporter, we're lucky if one or two people come into this building per week total. One or two people coming into the building per week total and they have 47,000 square feet leased back and they used to own the building. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see why they sold this building? One or two people, Judah, coming into the building Total. And not enough people are getting the CFA designation anymore because the internet and YouTube and Reddit and Twitter and LinkedIn have democratized financial knowledge. You may be looking at a dinosaur here. What is a dinosaur profession? There's so many of them. Someone who ran a printing press for a newspaper, dinosaur profession. Someone that sold the yellow pages or the phone book, door to door, dinosaur profession, a newspaper boy, dinosaur profession, delivering papers every day. Someone that managed the carrier pigeons, a dinosaur profession, a Western Union employee, a dinosaur profession. Dinosaur profession, the translator of Morse code or the utilizer of Morse code. Dinosaur profession. Does everyone remember Tom from MySpace? What's old Tom doing right now from MySpace? Counting his money. Dinosaur profession. Are we looking at a dinosaur in CFA? Is CFA your dinosaur? One or two people per week going into a 47,000 square foot leaseback office. Jesus, you see why they sold it for a loss? Just to get away from it. Oh. Kevin Yancey says, this is a A reoccurring pattern in downtown Charlottesville. In the 1980s, the same thing happened. Maybe city council should investigate how it was turned around in the 80s. There was a time when you did not go downtown after business hours in the 80s and 90s. Do you have any solutions? I think we're both in agreement that we need to move the haven.
0: I mean, I don't have a solution. I, that's, if they're, if they're coming here for the, for the haven, uh, I don't see any way of uh, changing that behavior without uh, getting rid of the haven. Or, or Not move. getting
1: rid of it. Repositioning it.
0: Well, you're not going to move the building, so you're essentially going to tell them they can't use it for what they're using it for, and that... uh I doubt
1: the Haven owns that building. Okay. Actually, Marquise Johnson, you're a board member. Does the Haven own that building? Do you guys own that building? You know what I think we could do? City Council has a budget of over $200 million per year. Right? Take and a surplus a, this year. And there's a surplus this year. Take a portion of the surplus or any of the budget and and build a epicenter. You could build more cots, more beds, more laundry services, more robust mail, better technology center, right? Computing. Computers, outlets, more bathrooms, more showers. Take what the Haven has and ask the Haven, what could make your facility better? And listen to learn. And then take taxpayer dollars and say, we're going to take the Haven and we're going to 5X it. And we're going to do it here. Here. And not on the downtown mall. And we're gonna say with taxpayers why we're utilizing your tax dollars in this way is we think we can make up that money, that allocation on this project through incremental tax revenue spent in downtown Charlottesville because more people will come. Yep. More people will go to the restaurants and the retail the breweries, and the music venues. And that additional surplus in a couple of years will cover the outlay we did today. And that's called good governance. Oh, All right. I will continue to ring this bell on this network. You heard me. I will continue to ring this bell on this network. Judah Wickhauer jerry miller the i love seville show on a monday thank you kindly for joining us we'll see you tomorrow at 12 30.